Yes, sir. Episode 74 of the COD back. Sitting down with the homie Gordo. I think Paul. I think we hit him up a little bit too uh, last minute. Um, Man, it was a lot of things going on this weekend. I'm going to just get into it, man. I was at South by Southwest. The homie Cook Up Cam was in town with uh, Sonny. You know, shout out Sonny from California. He uh, got his uh, bachelor party things going on. So Cam was like, yo, I'm in the area. I had to pop out. And then he went to go do his NFT NYC uh, event in New York. So, you know, he asked homies to pop up. And uh, we went up there yesterday, which is the day we usually record the podcast. So I had to switch it to to uh, today. So, you know, shout out Paul on the, the late switch up and things like that. But uh, how is the weekend, bro? How is the Juneteenth weekend? One of the first weekends I think they really gave us off for this new holiday. Uh, it was actually decent. I saw a lot of different um, events in Chicago. I know Chance do a, a, a Juneteenth event at the DuSable Museum, which was dope. Right. Um a lot of people definitely was doing a lot of different things in the city. You know, a lot of people came out to celebrate. It was Father's Day as well. So, you know, people was um, commemorating them as well. So it was just, right. it was, it was beautiful. Okay. 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 And uh, they had Summer Smash too, right? With uh, yeah, Lyrical yeah. Lemonade. Yeah. Lyrical Lemonade had their event um, in Doug, I think it was Douglas Park. Um, a lot of different artists were out there. Like, I think we had, uh, Quavo Nim came out, Migos is there. Um, I know Sabla and everybody that usually uh, performs was there as well. So a lot of different Chicago heads. It was dope. Right, right, right. And uh, shout out ASAP 12. He had a booth at uh, the Summer Smash with uh, last year being broke pop up. Um, who else? Who else was a vendor? Uh, Christopher Kites, uh, Chicago native who... I don't know if y'all know out there, but he usually specializes in the big, uh, I think like big, like plastic link chains, uh, oh, yeah. see-through chains and things like that. Yeah, he was at a complex con a few years and things like that, uh, but a Chicago native. So he he did have a booth, I think, at Summer Smash uh, this year. And then also he had switched it up. So not only is he providing uh, y'all with the ice, but he's also providing y'all with the ice treats so uh the homie ease world was actually working helping um at the christopher kites booth um, oh, i saw wow. online yeah so shout out him he was he was helping serve the um the ice cream or the treats or whatnot that um you know kites got so yeah it was it was uh chicago was really uh doing its thing man but on the other side of the country in dc like i said earlier so uh, something in the water so man, them tickets was expensive, and I haven't really been to a full festival in like ten years. Like last last time I went was like Lollapalooza, probably like before, like maybe like two thousand eight or something like that, or not? Yeah, yeah, two thousand eight or something like that. And man, you know, Grant Park is just is just huge. So to go three days and and to be walking up and down, I was exhausted. I was like, man, this is over. 10 years, I ain't even feel the need, like, you know, a concert here and there. But, you know, it was like real last minute. Um, my brother's friend had two tickets almost for the price of one just because it was like down to the wire. So, you know, we, um, you know, couldn't couldn't pass that up. So I copped those tickets and um, you'll see that on a COD TV episode soon. But 
a lot of a lot of good performers, man. Like somebody like Roddy Rich, I'll say, surprised me because there was a conflict that day between Roddy or Skepta on opposite sides of the park. So I was I wanted to go see Skepta shout out just because it was like, man, like I'm pretty sure I'll be put on to a lot of music. I already rock with his music, but I'm sure I'll be put on to way more. But we already got stuck in the crowd, so I was just stuck for Roddy. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm about to see Roddy, you know, go through a couple hits. Nah, the whole set was like hit after hit after hit. And you really forget, like, he really does have a huge catalog. Like, it was almost 20 songs, for real. It was almost 20 songs that that you knew. And they all rang off. So I was like, all right, this, you know, this is dope. But, um, yeah, man, a lot of, a lot of good energy out there. Um. Pharrell kept on saying how the city didn't believe that he can get it done. 50,000 people, <laughs> no violence. Um, but he did it, you know, he did it. And, and yeah, I don't think nobody, yeah, I didn't yeah. hear any, any, any about anything negative about um, anything afterwards. Nah. I feel like it was just like peaceful. I know I saw Pusha and um, I forgot who was that uh, head of interaction and everything was like hanging out and co- talking it up. So I'm like, it was definitely beautiful to see that, you know, because they say D.C. is probably one of the worst, you know, the, the one of the worst places to be in regards to violence and stuff like and it, that. Yeah, it is crazy because um, while the event did have no violence, it was a peaceful event, um, 50,000 people every three days. Um, you know, there were a lot of other events going on in the city, Mochella being one of them. So Mochella shut down U Street. Um, they had... As the as the uh, news reports, they had no permit, um, but this has been done in years past, and you know I don't think they've had a permit before. Um, but you know I don't know if it was that different that they just shut down U Street for this block party, uh, all dedicated to go go music. Um, I know at the height of this festival, maybe like a few years ago, at the height of the Don't Mute DC uh, movement. Don't Mute DC was basically, you know, there with with uh, new neighbors moving into the city and things like that and a, a changing demographic. You know, some people don't necessarily like the uh, live music aspect of some of the neighborhoods and have spoken out against it. Um, so this Don't Mute DC effort was to keep that music alive, keep the culture uh, and the integrity or the cultural integrity of some of these uh neighborhoods intact and things like that so that's where this mochella comes from where they pack the streets and they have the bands playing go-go music and it's usually a good time um but a couple shots rang out and um i think a 15 year old did um did pass over the weekend at that event um but like i said what they're saying is you know no permit so this is probably not going to happen again and, you know, next time anyone wants to really throw a big event, they're going to have to get a permit, get the proper protocol, um, just because the difference with that and something in the water is, of course, the metal detectors and the large police presence. So a little bittersweet end to the weekend out here. But um, all in all, it was good. It was definitely good. Dope, dope. I know I was definitely surprised. I know I, had, I just was like, it was Cameron, my you know, like is Cameron seeing the same like, right. I'm like I kept seeing like the same background in the post. Right. It wasn't until I saw like that actual photo of all y'all together. I'm like, okay, right. we actually are. I'm like, okay, Cam actually is in DC. I'm like, at first I was I thought I was tweaking for a second. I'm just like, 
damn, the Kim? Like, is Ryan in Chicago? I was, first, I was like, Ryan in Chicago? Like, right, like, moving around. I'm like, you know, like, no, nah, that Kim got to be where he is. And I'm like, that ain't Chicago. That ain't the street side, I know. Right, 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 right. So I was right. like, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely dope as fuck, though. I was like, man, we got to definitely get out. I'm like, I got to definitely join y'all next time or some shit. Facts, I facts. Like, I thought you was going to uh, show up to New York low-key. Man, it had everything actually fell in place. I would have been an NFT uh, NY because I'm like, I, right. I, you know, I'm pretty much trying to get into that community as well. You know, like they were talking about a bunch of different we have three things and stuff like that, but it's just like right now, I know like with the with the market being down so horribly, nobody's really trying to, um, you know, really indulge in too much crypto and buying NFTs and things right now. But I, right, right. I feel like right now is the perfect time to buy these things because, you know, you can get them for a cheaper price than what they were. Facts, facts. So um, you know, a lot of people... A lot of people out there I kept hearing about, you know, buy Ethereum, buy the dip. I think you said that as well. Um, a lot of people are saying get in now. Yeah, perfect time, um, honestly. Of course, of course, Bitcoin and things like that. But Bitcoin and Ethereum are the two things that I heard. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the NFT NYC event, shout out Bussy. I saw, I saw Mike up there. Uh-huh. Um, but it seemed real cool. It seemed real cool. Um yeah, you know, a big, there was like a, a shout out, I think, Wakonomy. I think Wakonomy was behind whoever was managing the uh, building that housed the event. Oh, um, but they had a few different floors of, of things to check out. So on the top floor, they had a studio um, that looked pretty, pretty, pretty dope. Like top of the line. I, I never seen <laughs> like that seemed like that seemed like a real, a real uh, studio that like a major label would put you up in. And then they have like some type of like movie theater on like the third floor. Um, when you walk down to the second floor, they had a like a demonstration of this uh, matcha uh, mushroom tea and and things like that. And and, you know, how these things help. And I think they were uh, recording a live podcast on the uh, in the economy exhibit and things like that. And then, you know, on the first floor or on the ground ground floor. Um, they had an uh, artist live, you know, tatting people. Um, shit, they just had a lot of creatives in there from musicians to graphic designers and things like that. Everybody somehow is involved in the space, whether they were um, selling NFTs or they're managing DAOs, um, which is, I guess, kind of like a, a Discord. But, you know, it's it's really um, like a, a new name for, a, you know, a, community on the blockchain where they're whole... basically right so explain that because i'm still getting new to what this dow thing is i i'm i'm still like learning about dow so it's like pretty much DAOs are like a community like a discord in a sense where they all each have a wallet and some type of crypto revenue currency and so what they'll do is they'll tend to you know put those cryptos together and either go in on uh metaverses spaces like like um like basically like rev basically like a plot on the rev uh on the met in the metaverse they'll go in right. and buy purchase things like that spaces up in the metaverse or either they'll purchase nfts as a group and resell those and things at, uh, of sort so it's just like it depends on what the DAO is for because i've seen actual DAOs that have um actual uh, physical value where it's like you're right. buying actual properties within 
the real world and you guys are going it's like you guys are investing in that together but truly what it really does is like you guys pretty much come together as a whole and you guys dictate what you're going to do is that crypto revenue what you're going to use that crypto revenue for so you guys put your crypto in a pot and based off of how much money how much you actually um put into that pot you have a say so in determining what you guys do with it so like i say some will buy actual physical properties some will buy properties in the metaverse some usually actually buy up nfts but you can do it for a bunch of different things depending on how you want to utilize it and what the community is for so let's say like a bunch of us got together and we want to put our cryptos together and we want to purchase actual um properties or either properties within the metaverse we could do that okay and so um like I said, we can we can dictate how much of that pot goes to going to the um, metaverse properties and how much of it could be actually used to, you know, re be a reflip and we actually reinvest within our artists or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like DAOs are actually really creative because it's just like it gives you a community sense where you guys are all backing the same project or backing the same thing to get something accomplished. And, and you don't have to have a lot of crypto to do so. And then there's also not a um, like a hierarchy system, right? Um, so uh, there's yeah, not, not like really. a CEO or there's not like a central leader. It's more so like everyone has a equal say. And I think you earn like social tokens to like make your vote or voice higher or something like that. So definitely an interesting take on on the community aspect of things and and whatnot. And it was cool. You know, I, I ran into a few a few DAOs out there, you know, shout out blunt dow and and 40 acres dow and things like that so um, it's, a, it's a lot of interesting things that people are utilizing the space for it was crazy right because you know of course with the cod we have our discord and things like that um but you know the the lady um shout out kiwi she was uh who she, you know she was tatting people and stuff like that I, oh, wow. I heard her i heard her at one point turn around and be like you know so um Shout out my Discord. We're all in here getting it lit. So I look around and it was like almost a surreal moment because I'm like, damn, it's like I, I must have just got transported into a live server. I started looking around and immediately I'm like, you know, this is an admin. This is a like I just started visualizing <laughs> names. <laughs> right. I, I'm visualizing names. I'm like, this person done got banned or muted or something like that. But it was crazy. Like. <laughs> I'm like, man, like people really mobilizing out here. Yeah, people really mobilizing out here. And then you know, uh, you know, Cam with with Amana. So he was he was out there um showing his upcoming NFT for these Dolo cards. Um, and I got some footage of us playing Dolo and whatnot, and, and it got lit. I mean, if if y'all know Uno, then Dolo is is that black version, the version that we already yeah. play. That you no, know, I, people I debate us on. on the construction of those uh right. cards. It was definitely um a creative space that I've actually always wanted to tap in. I see a lot of people do uh deck of uh 52 uh, the 52 deck, but it's like it's right. actually crazy that he went and revamped and kind of you know modernized the a game that the black community kind of holds to its right, art. right. You, know, you, you injected Uno, life into it do bro first off this is the craziest thing like somebody dropped a plus four i'm supposed to i'm supposed to draw four i'm like all right 
So I'm looking at my cards. I don't know if I thought I was getting creative, but I see a reverse in my hand. So I'm just <laughs> thinking, all right, well, you know, it's a list of colors on this draw four and it don't really matter what color this uh, in my head. It don't really matter what color this reverse is. So, you know what I said? Hold on reverse. Now you got to, you know, draw <laughs> four. Everybody was like, that's bogus as hell. You know, give him the card back and make him draw two. That ain't no rule. I'm like, damn, we was creating rules all day. Like, no, nah, I can't. I can't stack no, on top of new cards. Come up with a rule guidebook for that shit. Cause it's just like, you know, everybody got their own fucking like rules to play. I'm saying. And shit like that. Like, it's stacks and all type of shit when it comes to Uno. So it's just right. like, it was dope as fuck to see, bro, actually, you know, execute that and people actually loving it and, you know, taking yeah. it in. So I'm just like, we got to actually put that, hey, we got to bring that to the cookout this summer, you know. Right, hey, right. But it's Dolo, you feel me? Facts, like, facts. I already, I already said I'm trying to uh, have the game in, in one of these, uh, I think... You were trying to, I think I told you, you were trying to shoot like a cookout video out here or something like that. So hey. I already said I'm going to try to have that in here. Um, But yeah, man, I tried to cop the game and he was like, hold on before the NFT. So then I'm like, oh, yeah, this is NFT NYC. So I guess he got a smart contract coming up where you're going to have to buy the NFT to get the card and things like that. Oh, get, so a, get like, an actual deck of cards. Right, right. With, oh, with the dope, NFT. Right. Yeah, so right, I was like, right. I was like, all right, I'll I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll add to the numbers and then then this will be the uh first NFT purchase for me because you know I still don't have a wallet, so I gotta set all wallet. that up right before yeah. before that day. But yeah, man, I did you know I was I was out there and I was like, ah nah, this is the spot that Gordo gotta be at just with, with all your variable knowledge already. And things like that. I was like, I'm like, I'm definitely trying to get back in um, the next one. I know, I think it might, it might be something in, um, in either California or Atlanta. I think, but either right. or, I'm like, I definitely, I'm trying to get to the next uh, event, uh, definitely for NFTs, just because of like the space is definitely changing right now, just due to the fact that everything um, is down in the market, but it's just also allowing a lot of people to come in and get their work off. So it's, right. it's definitely beautiful. Um, honestly, I say just with, with you know, like I say right now, it's the best thing to do is accumulate as much as you can. Right. So when the market does boom back up, you'll be back in with everybody mm -hmm. else, you know? So it's just right. like I told people, like, if, like right now, I think Ethereum is under $1,000. So it's just right. like the thing is they're, they're, they're expecting it to stay like that until I want to say like late this like late fall early winter so it's just okay, like yeah, yeah yeah so it's just like it'll kind of be like the let like the next like the last boom you know like it was like nfts kind of took off in the winter time over fall people were buying them up and you know things like that so i'm like that's what people are expecting so if you can just get your hands on a lot of ethereum or um you know just get uh nfts that are high value yeah. will be in a good place you know especially because me personally, what I kind of want to do um, eventually is I want to do a curated show for NFT artists. Um, OK, OK. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to um, pay for everybody to get their stuff minted. But if you do, like what I want to do is just do a collection of artists in regards to the theme of like the monster and men. And so that's what I'm thinking um, in regards to the event where I'm just like, we could kind of do like digital screens and display each NFT on the screen. And I was thinking maybe somewhere between 15 to 20 artists 
maybe one or two pieces of uh, one or two NFTs a piece. Mm-hmm. You know, because I just feel like right now the space is opening up where you know the hype has kind of died down, where it's like the artists can come in and you know make their money now and utilize the space how it should be. Right. You remember when you were speaking about how you know some of these places are like we're kind of like utilizing the uh, scam nature or, or, or potential for, for scamming in the, um, in the space where, you know, you'd get any, any old image, no type of backstory or purpose, um, get a bunch of your people, pump that up and then try to, you know, sell it to the next person with that uh, fabricated data and things like that. Um, so now that, you know, with the reports of there being a decline in the NFT marketplace and things like that, I think we can see um, we can see uh, what, what's like a, a movement or an exodus of those type of uh, people in the market, because, you know, literally right now they're probably going to see no no room for for profit or no room for improvement or this is probably mm-hmm. maxed out in their minds. So yeah, now, yeah. now once that space uh, frees up a little bit, you can have the real genuine artists, the people who are thinking in a way, um, you know, like can with these smart contracts and, and shit, bro, there was even a, there was even a girl out there who had like a, like a Polaroid camera. Right. And I'm thinking like, yo, this is New York. I like the vibe of, you know, how, how the Polaroids look. I was like, we got the homies. I was like, I'll pay you for a Polaroid if you can take a picture of us. And she was like, you going to pay me an ETH? I was like, all right. <laughs> you know, like, and that was it. I was it. I didn't get no picture, ain't no follow-up. It was just like, you got ETH or not. And I'm like, damn, like, let me give you a couple First bucks all, and figure it out later. I want you to send her for a Polaroid. I'm saying a Polaroid that's going to be live in my face right now. Like, I don't got to wait for it. You take the picture and you fan it and give it to me right now. Like, the thing is, to send crypto even costs you money to send crypto. So it's just like, what the fuck? It's like, how much was she? Like, hey, it's all good. I'm like, that's that's real. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, get in where you fit in is where I always say shit. She she won't. She won't. She trying. She trying. I'm like, that's a lot of hassle right now. You feel <laughs> me? Like, like, damn, Shorty. <laughs> like, damn, Shorty. Like, I I'm, like, I'm trying to get tapped in. It. I'm trying to get tapped in. Yeah. But um, one thing I, you know, I do want to shout out uh, Cam about is that um, with this whole NFT NYC thing, at least in at least at this uh, specific event, you know, it was cool to walk around and see the community and things like that, and, and um, and dat people and see all walks of life, um. And I know it was a, a bigger conference going on in the city. Um, so I, I, I definitely didn't really get to see the full full uh, scale, the full yeah. scale of, of what, what this place could have been. Because when I got there, it was bubbling and a lot of people were still setting up. And I was mm. thinking, okay, when this thing gets ready, this thing is about to be rocking. But it was like in waves, right? You see waves of people come and check it out and then go and do what they what they had to do. So it never, I felt like, got to the full, full capacity. And we didn't really get to see the full, like, you know, potential of what some of these exhibits and yeah. things and, and the learning opportunity. But once Cam brought out the Dolo game and, you know, there was, you know, games of up to like nine, ten people playing at a time. And then they're asking questions and he's actually, you know, breaking down the game yeah. and then saying it's coming with a smart contract. That's when I was like, oh, I can see it because now all these people are coming together. 
And it's more so like, okay, I get it. Rather than like, y'all follow me on Instagram, follow me on Instagram. And it's like, I'm following a lot, but outside, like, let me figure out what you got going on, what you're bringing to this space and things like that. So yeah, I definitely feel like it's early. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, because that was how it was for me. The first one seemed like it was like, yeah, I saw a lot of people actually, you know, presenting work, but it was also like a networking thing as well. Like people kind of coming together, finding a sense of community getting to see what other people are doing and be like, hey, that's dope. Like, I like what you're doing right. and stuff like that. And so it's just like, it, it, I feel like that is one of the biggest parts of it is the sense of community building where you right. kind of go around and you introduce yourself. And it's like a first day of school again, you know, like we're Bro, all- Bro, they did, they did a whole circle with an icebreaker. I was like, hell no, what's up? My name is Ryan, <laughs> I rap, <laughs> you know? Like, give your first name and a, and a hobby. I'm like, yo, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, right. yeah, it's like, I, and, and that's the best thing I like about that, you know, with these spaces, because I feel like, you know, you kind of, you know, when you go to these events, you really don't know the people in the in the room, you know, so right. it's just like, with the fact that they, you know, allow you to introduce yourself and tell exactly what you're working on, you might be able to find somebody that is doing something that you're, you need, you feel me, and bring it, and that's why I feel like, you know, these, these events actually help us bring together, come together more, as opposed to, like, building up the event building up the space like they actually you know help build up what we're doing outside of it you feel me right 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 because even even though um you know i went up there with uh my cousin uh phoenix you know rapper as well out here who i manage um you know both of us don't have wallets or anything of course we're still new to the space and a lot of a lot of our conversations with people were like so you know what do you do how do you get tapped in what's the benefits and things like that you know, at some point it was like, yeah, we have nothing to offer as far as crypto talk. Maybe I can mention my discord, but, you know, it's not necessarily like we are a full DAO or, or any, you know, super blockchain related yet. So I'm, I'm just like, you know, hey, what's up? This is what I do. And, and still through that, people were like, OK, you rap. This person does this. This person does that. So it was cool. It was cool. And I definitely feel like it's real early. I feel like next year or even next month like you said in the coming months like these these events are just going to keep getting smoother and tighter and, and, bigger, and uh, you know? more yeah more streamlined because it was a lot of different people you know it was i'm telling you from cali to st louis to cleveland to here i'm like yeah Yo. all over this yeah that's what i'm saying like and that's the crazy part about it because there's really no hub for you know for you know the nft metaverse space like there's no hub right. for it you know, like so it's just like the day that a hub is created that city will actually be very well, boom you know it'll be crazy Thanks. and it's wild be- out there because i saw you know driving through new york i saw a billboard and i'm looking at it i'm like is that a board ape billboard but um i guess somebody went on there and did like a, a wheat paste of a a board ape like some graffiti thing mm. and i'm like i was thinking to myself damn like it's that serious out here where somebody went up on this billboard to like <laughs> post this graffiti uh board ape i'm like yo it kind of it's kind of showing me like how how um because i'm like if if it wasn't just a, a random street artist somebody from board ape had to pay somebody to go up there and and bomb some billboard and i'm it just kind of shows me the the power that's still kind of um out there right so somebody like a a board ape we know how much money they have they're 
they can pay any street artist to go up there and do that for them. And then it makes it almost look guerrilla marketing like. And I was like, I get it. I get it. I can I can see how how this marketing almost looks shocking. Like, oh shit. Like so, you know, city, the city, the city was definitely buzzing with uh, new opportunities for marketing and technology and where things can go. But uh speaking of where things are going. We've had some new music drops recently from some artists in our culture, the biggest artists in rap and R&B. And both of these people are uh, venturing into house music. So let me start off with uh, the Drake album, because I know it's uh, a polarizing project. A lot of people are saying it's mid. This is not it on the first first listen. And I've seen these very I've seen, I, yes, I've seen these very same people turn around and say, "It's good." Honestly, never mind about their first take. Like they, it, they all switched up their take, and now people are rocking with it. Now people are like, you know, it, "Shout out Drake for the, uh, ex, you know, for the risk that he took." Yeah, it's and it, and that was my thing about it when I first heard it. Like the thing is, off my first listen, I really never judge anything, just due to right. the fact that I I have to digest it. Yeah. And so it's just like the first listen for me, it was just like, I'm like, okay, you're doing something different, but it's just like, it's not nothing that we haven't seen. Haven't heard, right. You feel me? And so it's just like, it was, it, it, that was the biggest part for me. Okay. I'm like, okay, we finally, I'm like, I'm like, we finally getting something that's vocal heavy project. Um, but it wasn't, I was thinking it was going to be just R&B joints. You feel me? I'm thinking, honestly, never mind. It's going to be something that's dedicated towards women. You know, it's going to be R&B. And he comes with a whole house music, Caribbean, Afro, Afro drums. You feel me? Everything type of vibe. You feel me? Like, it was, it it threw, it, it kind of threw me off, but it was just like, hey, this nigga kind of saved the summer. Right. And that was, right. that was my first impression, like, off of just hearing the songs the first time through not digesting anything off of them. I'm just like, hey, Drake kind of just say the summer with some of these joints. Like, I can see myself dancing on the rooftop to this joint all <laughs> right, night. Like, right, right. Gym with a, a couple of Henny or something or Casamigos, you feel me? In my Frags, frags. That's what I'm really thinking. Like, and it was just like, <clears throat> all right, I'm listening to the lyrics and I'm like, okay, he's still bringing us those great bars. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. the lyrics actually are decent, even on the songs that are just vocal heavy and no real, like, rap singing to them. You feel me? And so yeah. I'm just like, I was just, for a moment, I'm like, okay, I got confused, and I'm just like, all right, are we having another 808s and Heartbreaks moment? Right, right. Where everybody automatically is about to switch. Right. And then we, everybody comes back two years later, like, yeah, this shit was actually the pinnacle of uh, everybody's career and started a lot of niggas' uh, careers off. And so right. that's what I was thinking, too. I'm just like, okay, we finna have an 808s and a heartbreak moment. People gonna say they hate it for right now, and then a year or two, they gonna love it. But I'm just like, events, I guess it took a, a weekend for everybody to catch up and be like, all right, this man's actually doing something decently. You feel me? It's right. different. And I'm right. like, and, and, and I feel like I feel like for Drake to be the artist that he is, it was about time that he did this type of project or gave right. us something that's experimental. Because right. it's like you, it's like honestly, you want to sit your name up there with the Kanye's and Jay Z's and things like that, but they've all all did experimental albums. You feel me? Right. Facts. Like, the, like Kanye's 808 Heartbreaks. That was one of the first, you know, time like 
artists, rappers really went to singing and using a heavy mm-hmm. auto tune. You feel me? Trip with Jay Z with the Lincoln Park album. You know, he went and right. matched up with a with a rock band. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, and so it was just like, you know, this was that moment where we see Drake kind of take that same type of formula, but he's doing it where with something that he's kind of familiar with, but not his lane. You feel me? Like mm-hmm. house music, and so it was just like. Me personally, I feel like he did a great job. I feel yeah. like maybe if you would have used more auto tune or kind of auto tuned his vocals a little bit more, it would it would yeah. it would it would hit a little bit better. But honestly, I like it the way it is. I don't really have right. anything bad or bad to say about it. Like I would say, fine. the way it is sounds. I would say it sounds natural, right? Yeah. So when I say natural, it sounds like this is just what he feels sounds right over the beat. Um, not too overproduced or anything like that. Um, even 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 when you're saying the auto tune, you know, it's like he gets in there and he's trying new front, you know, new sounds with his voice. Um, so so, yeah, like I, I, I can't even I mean, I agree with you on maybe strengthening the auto tune in a few spots. Um, but even without it, you know, it sounds like yeah. it sounds like this is like an artist that you put in the booth. These are the the uh, sounds that he's going over. And this is what he honestly is saying. You know, no, no post-production, no crazy reworks or anything. Yeah. And, and that's that's cool. Like a raw, a raw sound. Um, but my one critique would be outside of that on my first listen, I'm. I'm thinking about house, like, okay, I know sometimes it's it's instrumental heavy and that beat grows on you. And then maybe you have a few lyrics and they're like chopped up in certain sections or maybe repeated in, in certain terms and things like that. So I almost was like, you know, maybe Drake should have worked with these producers a little bit more on the on the lyric side. Like, hey, this is what I got lyrically. See if this works or see if you want to chop up my vocals and do anything like that. Um, but on the, on the other side of that, I can still see how... I can still give the value to it being um, an honest, raw approach. Like I got into the booth and this is what I feel, you know? So I know a lot of house music might not have the full lyric structure that we're used to in hip hop of a verse, a hook, a verse, a hook. Yeah. But he, he, he definitely incorporated it to where it's like, okay, now you even doing something new in the house space. Yeah, not just making like- house, but yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, even with House, it really, it's a lot of brokenness within, with with when people kind of go on rapper single house music, like, it's like, you might actually not even bring a verse or a chorus, you just might be doing a bridge, you feel me, and stuff like that, and so it's just like, he actually, it's like, like you say, he kind of actually broke it down where, hey, we can, we, we can do house music the way we do traditional music, where we make right. it verse, hook, verse, or hook verse hook verse or something like that and right. so it was just like it was it was interesting that you mentioned that because i'm like it was one it was one track i think it was um calling my name i think it was called um where it's like it had the biggest switch up at all i mean yeah calling my name it had the biggest switch up but even on that beat it's just like he don't even really put too much vocals on it like it's like it's crazy like he it's like the beat is just going for a minute and then it's like he adds a little bit of vocals every now and then to different spaces. And so it's just like, mm-hmm. like I say, it's like, it's kind of, like I say, it's interesting that you show us that you mentioned that because he showed, he 
he approached the, each different house beat or each different beat differently than right. traditional than traditional layouts of house music. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, shout out Carnage. I know he produced a big a big chunk of the album, or he actually ironically goes by Gordo now. Yeah, so, Gordo. <laughs> Right, shout out DJ he Gordo. Shout him out. He's like Gordo got me on the wave. I'm like, hey, like, <laughs> hey, but uh, that um that uh sticky track, I think that was the first track that damn near had like. This sounds like if you took this house beat off and put this on like a, a hip hop beat or something like that, it would it'd go crazy because it sounded yeah. like the most straightforward raps up until, of course, the 21 track. It was yeah, like the most straightforward raps you got. And it was crazy, bro, because that beat is like, doom, 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 and he just, he, he really barring it up on there. So that was dope. Um, but why do you, why, let's get into why do you think he added that uh, lone rap track at the end with 21? Oh. Just like remind, just to remind people like, oh, I can still get busy or I feel like because I'm streaming. Like, I think he did the fans a service with that one, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, this project was so different. They were like, right. I, I'm like, I feel like a lot of people were looking for a follow-up to uh, CLB. Right. And so, you know, people thinking like, all right, he's going to come with with some uh, different, with a different vibe. And this is just like, he came with something totally different. Yeah. And so I'm like, I think, I feel like people were looking for a follow-up to uh, CLB because, you know, they felt like a lot of people had mixed reviews about CLB being like, was it really good? Was it really Drake at his best? And I feel like, you know, he put on Jimmy Crooks on this one because it's like, this was a whole totally different vibe. He wasn't even getting right, right. Like, back into rapping, rapping. You feel He's me? like, let me, let me give, let me give y'all something to hold you down if you, if you don't understand yeah. this, but like I this said, first this a, bit. This is a perfect, you know, summer project. Like, hey. honestly, like, I think this would be my favorite project of the summer right now, just given to the fact that, like somebody said, it brings a whole totally different energy to music right now. Like, right. it's like, it, it's like, yeah, we talk about, you know, uh, right now I feel like rap is just clout rap. You feel me? Like that's really what we do is, is clout drill negative rap. You feel me? Uh-huh. But right now I feel like he brought a whole different energy. Even with Beyonce, they brought a whole totally different energy. And that's what I want to, that's what I kind of want to pivot to, you know, let's speak about, Beyonce's role in all this because you know listening to the button podcast listening to a few other people speak and speculate um do we think that Drake got like whiff of of what Beyonce was going you know what new direction she was going in and 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 was almost trying to like get this out before she could like is is it something in the industry where they know that house is next like Think about it it's just like there's a lot of clearance that has to go into making albums right so it's just like right. he had to have his clearance done before right before it was done so it's just like regardless if he knew she was coming out this summer or if he knew her project was gonna sell house music he had to have this already in work to him because it's like mm-hmm. she she announced that shit what the same day i think the same day he dropped right so it's just like it, it couldn't have, it's like it couldn't have been plan some, like some plan like all right i'm gonna beat her to the the, the rush thing but it's just right. like it, it it just makes sense like i don't know like it's just like every some people are on the same wavelength regardless of whether or not they're interacting with each other or not and some, no that's a fact that's a fact that's a fact like just just the um 
the waves, I guess, of, of culture or something like that, you know, and of course, no idea is original. Um, it's not like house music is a new genre either. Um, but you know, it is, it is interesting with, with two of the biggest artists jumping into the space seemingly at the same time, it reminds me, I don't know if people remember, um, Afrobeat. So almost before Drake was talking about Afrobeat, I remember there was a story of uh, J and B going to Africa, searching for the next big artist, talking about Afrobeat is going to be the next big wave in music. Everyone's like Afrobeat. Everyone's looking for the new music in Africa. Like, okay, like, you know, no, no shade, but it was almost like, you know, what, what are they really talking about? What do you mean the next big wave? Like, how do you know, like, where's the data coming from? And, you know, low, and they start talking about Fela Kuti and things like that. Um, lo and behold, we start hearing music for the Black Panther soundtrack. Uh, Beyonce starts dropping some Afrobeat tracks. Shit. All of a sudden you got Drake with the one dance with this, with the that. Now we have, you know, Davido, Burner Boy, things like that. So I, I'm thinking, are we about to see the same thing again with house music? Because at Something in the Water... With the knowledge of Drake and Beyonce, you know, I'm, I, you know, during Tyler the Creator set, there's kind of a, a house vibe. Mm-hmm. Not that it was a new track, but it was still one of those things where I thought about to myself, like, could this be where we're going in the next I few mean, years? Makes, could we see it, I mean, legit like dope. a house wave in hip hop? It would be dope. I mean, because it just we, it, it gets us back to the the party, party aspect. Right. You feel me? Like, which I feel like was like hip hop for a while. The essence. Know? Right. The essence of, yeah. You know, and so it's just like, if we can get away from the violence and drill and get back to making the the party tracks and the turning up tracks, and it's not. And do you almost think, do you almost think that's another reason, you know, outside of just musically? Do you, do you think there was some type of like, and, and I mean, I have nothing to back this up. But do you think that there is some type of um, talk like, yo, we we might have to we might have to switch up the uh, sound out here. We might have to put this in motion just to get happier sounds out there. I mean, I mean, because you remember Kanye, Kanye on Drink Champs was talking about listen to trap music. Those 808s hit like uh, your lowest chakra and, and this is dark. And, you know, like he was mentioning things like that and. I don't know. I don't put it past people sometimes to have a have a conversation. I mean, maybe I'm giving them too much credit to care about what happens to people's lives on the ground floor. You know, at that point, they're just making money. So what does it matter to them? But it would be interesting if they were like, you know what? They had a talk at the top like, yo, we got to we got to shift away from this drill scene and, and, and try to, you know, shift away from this trap scene because it's it's getting dangerous. I mean, we just saw what? little tj get shot at yeah tj you know. in, in, thankfully uh, he's uh good yeah he's inside i mean it's it's interesting bro because i mean when it, I, when it, I makes think, us, it makes us yeah. think it, it makes a statement because at the end of the day it's just like you got to think about it like this people are supposed to be on this this high vibrational wave and healing and stuff like that and the music 
doesn't reflect it's not helping yeah you feel me and so it's just like how can you be on a vibrational wave of healing and being this highest version of yourself but you listen to low vibrational music like Kanye says that hits on the lowest chakra you feel me Mm -hmm. a chakra Mm -hmm. and it's not and it's not actually healing or doing anything for that chakra you feel me so it's just like this could be it could this could be where it's at you know like hey we 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 went through our dark phase. We got it out. We got out the emotions. Now it's time to live in that high, great, that high vibrational feeling of love and right. and things like that. Because I'm I'm listening to the Drake album and I'm like, I'm thinking it's gonna be some simpy ass shit. But it's really like Drake. Like I'm enjoying life. Life. Right. Is right. That's what people you were saying. Like he had a good like, space. You can, come around, you can be around. You can be not. I'm gonna still enjoy life and do what the fuck I have mm-hmm. to do and do me. You feel me? And that's I feel like that's that's reflective of what people have in this mindset right now right as opposed to the clout drill killing music you feel me like right because i like you know bringing it back to something in the water you know um shout out 21 savage but when he he was performing red ops everyone in the crowd at one point i'm on that slaughter gang shit murder gang shit slaughter gang shit just all in unison i'm to- i'm looking around like yo this is it's dope like it feels like you know you you turn it up but at the same time i'm really taking in like what what everyone's saying it's a big chant of slaughter gang shit murder gang shit and then yeah. when tyler comes on later you know tyler's got his whole you know uh range of sounds and things like that but one of those tracks was like damn near a house vibe like a dancey vibe and I sat there and I was thinking to myself, when I seen this, I started looking around at people. Just like I said earlier, what if in five years we have shows where the full set is house and things like that? Mm. How would that change things? Because instead of you shouting out, you know, and like I said, no disrespect to 21, he turned it up. But just in general, as we're speaking on energies, how does the energy, how does the energy shift when we go from those uh, chants of murder gang, slaughter gang to you know four on the floor you know and and people just dancing and feeling you know it it ain't no it ain't no hostility because i feel like i feel like that's really i I feel like that gets us back to those you know those 90s vibes you know like we because i know we don't want to we don't want to we don't want to be out here saying all the music affects people just like how you don't want to necessarily blame video games for school shootings right but It does come to a time when, hey, if you pump yourself up with all this negative music, you might, you know, feel some of that. You know, you might yeah, no, for real. even even if you don't feel that you go out there and commit violence, you know, you still might be, you know, feeling a little bit of that energy coming off the song. So, like, like I said, the minute that house vibe came on, all that kind of went away. You're not even worried yeah, about lyrics. You're just. Good. Yeah. So I, I wonder, you know, if if that's where music is going, does does that kind of maybe have a subconscious effect on society brighten things up i mean it could honestly it just i just feel like like you say it depends on who does it and who's going to execute it the most the, the, the best way and so like i say drake i feel like drake was really a test the waters type of thing it wasn't really perfectly done or executed but it was like hey a big now a big time artist took this risk and so it's just like I, I, I'm really expecting to see a Chicago artist emerge. Come on, come on, emerge from this, honestly. And, and, and I mean, that's, and that's the biggest thing about it. 
let's shout out some artists who have done i I don't necessarily want to say house but like dance type of like raps before so like gold link out of dc if you Mm -hmm. listen to his projects i mean rick wilson vibes rick wilson could do it the next person i was going to mention was idk from Mm -hmm. out of idk out of um like i think it's dc or or maryland but he's kind of got like a dancey vibe and and it's like these people are really really spitting not necessarily Mm -hmm. as abstract as drake but they've kind of meshed this dance and and thing vibe together and when you speak about it like let's talk about it because house music originates in chicago chicago that's why and that's why and that's why i originally said rip wilson because i remember when we were doing a lot of early shows and a lot of, you know, he would be on the scene, like he would perform. I'm like, I remember listening to his beats and his beats would have that house music vibe to it. And he would just be like, his hook would be more like a, like a chant as opposed to like actual, like a, a chorus or a hook. You feel me? Like his would be like, turn up or dance or some shit like that. They just be like, all right, it's getting me into the actual song to dance with the song. And so it's just like, I, I me personally, like, I feel like if anybody can, you know, capitalize off of this the most, it would be him because I feel like he he originally came with this sound, you know. That Rick Wilson? Yeah, Rick Wilson actually right. came with house music incorporated into his sound already when right. he first was like rapping and making a name for himself. Mm-hmm. You think you think chance? I mean, I, I know I know chance, chance before because has I was juke jam, but juke is not necessarily house but it could be related you know it's right like around juke, the corner i feel like juke music is a sub genre of house music right right because i remember when i first started um you know going to juke parties and at a young age and stuff like that um i know like our footwork and music kind of would be like right right a sub version of house music like they would i remember the one of the first ones i remember was somebody did like a remix to um sam's cook uh a change is gonna come and it was just like okay. one of the it was one of the most captivating like beats i ever heard and like right. i was like i need to learn how to footwork <laughs> so i can dance to this so when this beat comes on i'm gonna shout out the pope you feel me? The Pope. That's really, <laughs> right. That's really the videos that this right. man, like, was associated right. with this music. And I'm just like, juke music was technically like, I feel like is a subversion of house music. Facts. Facts. So, hey, I like that idea. I want to, you know, put that in the air again. We need a, a Chicago artist to put a stamp on this new new wave in, in hip hop. And uh, Rick, Rick definitely has been on that. So, a good a good because i was thinking for a minute i was like who who and when you said rick i was like you know what that's that's right because <laughs> no because i'm just rick like, I'm yeah just he'll give you a dance vibe right i'm just remembering when we was performing like you would have i mean we, i don't know if it was that performance where we were in like the speakeasy thing right but right. it was like one of those performances i just remember that man came out with some music that was just like just like okay, this man on a whole different wave than what we on right now. Like he's right. not even like we're rapping like hip hop, trap drill, hip hop. You feel me? Traditional right, right. rap. This man right. is rapping damn near disco house music and like <laughs> right, right. 
the white people was loving that shit. Right, right, right. That was right, the first right. thing that I was just like, okay, this man is onto something right here, like legit onto something. And it's just like the fact right. that it's come back into prominence years later. I'm like, yeah, bro's gonna be on. Like, right, he, right. If he's still on that same wave, he's gonna be on. Only a matter of time. Exactly. But the switch gears. The Warriors right. won the NBA uh, finals. I was I was just gonna ask, man, like game, break we, it down. What hey, we said I said five games, it took them six. It took you know, them six. Yeah. It wasn't a hey, a hey, Steph Curry top five now. Right. Regardless right. of how you feel about him or what his accolades are, Steph Shout Curry out. is top, he's top five in the NBA. Shout out Aisha Curry. Cause hey, um, yeah, shout out Aisha for uh, when when the Warriors oh. lose when the when the warriors lose she says that the nba is rigged when they win she is popping bottles no care in the world <laughs> i see I you mean, shorty <laughs> i just honestly me personally like i'm not right. even going to sit here and stunt that year that cleveland won and beat them when they came back down from 3-1 it's just like me personally how can you beat a team that's only lost less than 10 games and they right. can't win one more game. Like it just, mm-hmm. it. I don't give a fuck if Draymond was out one game. The next two games he was back. It just doesn't like that. Just makes doesn't, sense. Logically, I can't see. It's like we ain't lost three games in a row right. all fucking year. We ain't even lost two games in a row. Right. We didn't damn it. It's like how the fuck. But I'm not even going back to that fight. It was LeBron and one. <laughs> it's like it's, it's facts, like facts, yeah. Facts, it, facts. Me personally, like it's like. But yeah, break it down about the game. Me personally, uh, Steph them shitted on them, you know, and I, right. I knew that that was going to occur because it's just like Jason Tatum had been inconsistent the whole fucking season, the whole fucking series. Jalen Brown, like, yeah, Jalen Brown is cold, but it's just like his game is so incomplete that he has a lot of stuff to work on for him to be actually successful, and right. for him to be for what he to do what he was doing to be actually beneficial for them, you know. And so it's just like I say, Draymond locked himself in mentally. Um, and he played his role, you know, and that helped them secure this this uh what fourth ring in eight years. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. You can't, and you can't, and it's like a, like somebody said, like they're like they're literally the the nineties bulls within this era. You feel me? And it's Crazy. like it, and it's like you can't sit here and say that Steph not top five at this moment. You feel me? Right. Like it, it, it's like he's 34 with with four rings, mm-hmm. two MVPs, one finals MVP. I think you got an all-star game uh, MVP as well in there. And it's just right. like, he he changed the game. That's the most yeah. that's the most biggest part for me as well. It's like, you can't sit here and say that Steph not top five when he literally, he's literally made motherfuckers see how they, 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 they score the game now. Mm-hmm. The three ball was never as important as it was back in back in the day as it is to now. And that's yeah. all and that's all on account of the way that Stephen Curry shot the fucking ball. Right. Oh, like no. I say, he has changed the game. He's changed the game. I saw a tweet the other day. I don't know if you had retweeted it about monks or something like that playing overseas talking about, you know, it's not like they've been tapped into the latest game or anything yeah. like that. But so of course, like, they're pulling up threes now. Yeah, so it's just like AAU. Everybody is shooting threes back when they would have probably like said low, relax on the threes. <laughs> now they got to teach kids how to shoot threes. Bro, when bro, what was so crazy is like my game, like it's like when the Warriors started to pop off 
I had to start and I was still playing basketball. Like my game had been like I had developed my game to be around like a Kevin Durant type of game. Like I can shoot, go inside, get to the hole if I want to. But it wasn't until them motherfuckers started shooting the way that they doing that. Believe me and Carson would go to the gym and just shoot threes and out shoot motherfuckers. Right, right. And it would just be like, like all right, if we can out shoot you, we can win. <laughs> like, right. And it was just like I was like, all right. And I'm like, then I started seeing everybody coming to the gym and just started shooting threes. Niggas pulling up from half court, niggas pulling up way behind the line. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, <laughs> but I'm just like me personally, I'm like, this can't be sustainable for everybody. So everybody can't shoot this. Two like, threes, you know, right, right. Like not everybody got to learn how to drive in the paint still. Exactly. Like, hey, bro, you need to learn how to box out. Like, right. It's still, it's still, it was still, it was, it was still shit like that. But it's just like I was like Stephen Curry to fuck the game up. Like him and right. them, they fucked changed. the game up. They changed it at, on a way different level. And so, I honestly say, like, you know, we say LeBron is the goat of this era and he's a goat. But it's just like, it's like shit. You the goat sitting at the top of the list with at the top of these lists, but at the end of the day, Stephen Curry tied your ass for rings. He's definitely yeah. going, and, and, if, and the thing is, they bringing back that same exact fucking team, probably minus Eagle Dollar, you feel me? So that mm-hmm. means that that's the man to beat, honestly. Like, and it's just right. like, me personally, like, I'm not saying Stephen Curry is a way greater pay- player than LeBron James, but if it comes and said and it's counted up to rings, that man might end up having more rings than LeBron James. And he was in the same era as LeBron James. So it's just like, what does that speak for him? Right, right. You feel me? Right. It's just like, how can we sit here and, it's like, like my thing is, how can we sit here and say that this man is the GOAT, but he's literally competing for rings with another man within the same era? Right. Nobody was competing with Mike Nell. Really, really. Really though, we, I mean, to this day, to this day, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a hot topic on uh, what is it uh, NBA on TNT when anytime Shaq wants to say, "Yo, Chuck, where's your rings?" <laughs> you know, Chuck Chuck is a great player, but shout out to Michael Jordan because you made again, sure there's the no rings. Exactly, Carl Malone, John Stockton, all of them. You feel me? Like those right. motherfuckers. Like it's just like. It's just like, yeah, motherfuckers was good, but they weren't good enough to win when I was winning. You feel me? Right. Like, I was winning. Like, that's the part that I was just like, I just never, it's like LeBron just doesn't have that part of him. And not saying that Steph Curry has it in him too, because it's like, shit, Kawhi won a ring, the Spurs won a ring. I think Dwayne's there right. as well, but it's just like, it's just like. I mean, four and eight is a nice number still. You feel me for it? Like, exactly. Like, because I think it was with the Bulls, it was like six and seven or six and eight because Mike took off right. a year and then he, right. he came back in half a year or some shit. Like, technically, they probably would have did eight and eight. You feel me? If We never know. But it's just like the thing is with the Warriors, they got hit with, you know, injuries and things like that. And they lost Kevin. Kevin Dur- I wouldn't even say they lost Kevin Durant. They let his ass go in a sense, you know. But it's just like, you know, they had to rebuild and come back. You feel me? And they came back. And I feel like now with the Warriors that they have now, they can take on this league for another two years. Yeah. Because it's just like, like a lot of people say, like people thought the Celtics were going to beat them. And I'm like, the Celtics, bro? <laughs> I'm just like, the Celtics? The Celtics got close, but 
It's just like the, the Celtics got close, and their their fan base, of course, through the hype in the air because it's it's the Celtics, right? It's still yeah, it's Boston, it's, right? So you know, all the hype was there, and they wanted to see. But I mean, Steph is Steph. Um, but earlier, you know, you were mentioning Kevin Durant, or you know, someone letting go Kevin Durant, um, and you know, to speak on another player who might be on the move soon, Kyrie. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they're talking about he might go to the Lakers, reunite with LeBron. Where where do you think he's going? Honestly, if he doesn't go back to the Lakers, I mean, if he doesn't go back to the, the Nets and he right. goes to the Lakers, I would just be disappointed because I just don't understand. It's just like me personally, like you set your self, sights on meeting this man, but you're going to rejoin right. him. But it's just like also it's just like the Lakers are looking to win, you know, like, uh-huh. and it's just like, I don't understand what they're doing with the organization because at the end of the day, the way that they're creating, it's just like, the thing is, it's just like, when LeBron goes to an organization, this organization does a whole process of, we're going to go ahead and scrap whatever the fuck we're doing and we're going to go ahead and try to win now. Yeah. When LeBron leaves, they're in rebuild, meaning uh-huh. that the Lakers have to figure out what's going to be substantial for them in the long run. Right, what's because next? Because the thing is, they can't do another... It's like the thing they they scrapped their whole rebuild process and all the motherfucking rookies that they had, like mm-hmm. Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and, and 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 who else and Julius Randle, those motherfuckers have made names for themselves and went to other teams. Yeah, you get left with LeBron and LeBron loses and you get nothing left. What the fuck are you gonna draft, Bronny? Right, right, right. <laughs> I, hey, I'm man. so confused on what the fuck they're gonna be like. What is their overall? goal and longer because it's just like me personally like I can only sit I'm like LeBron is 38 I can only sit with him for more me personally if I'm a GM and I'm front office I'm only giving him two more fucking years Mm -hmm. you will be 40 yeah but if we can't win four fucking years I'm gonna get ready to trade some of you motherfuckers and get y'all ass ready for fucking draft picks right what you're saying is no I was gonna say what you're saying is right because um they did I mean, it sounds crazy. All due respect to the king, but they did throw all their eggs in a basket with LeBron. It was almost like, yo, we, we, you know, and it's kind of like the Showtime Lakers, right? So they're going to go for the big name over what's probably going to be best for the team. Um, but it was like, yo, let's get LeBron and let's just throw anybody next to him and it's going to happen. Mellow, clearly, Russell. yeah, <laughs> right. Everybody just throwing, throwing anything at the wall to see if it stick. Uh, and you were just, you were just about to mention AD. And AD did well, but clearly, you know, he got to stay healthy enough to I mean, stay on. You know, he's, like, he's getting injured, it. right? I'm, I'm like, think about it. That ring that they won, they they had they had enough. Like that year, they wasn't even the motherfuckers popping at the beginning of that year, right? If I if right. I remember correctly, yeah. And the fact and the fact that they fell off the way that they did was just like ridiculous. Like it's just, it's, it's feel like honestly, like. It, it really, it's going to boil down to, you know, if the Lakers can see, because I don't even, I'm like, Kyrie's there in a 34, 32. You feel me? Like, right, right. It's like, you got it. And, like, and that's, that's kind of what I was trying to get at as far as throwing things at the wall. Like, yes, these are all big names in their own right, but a lot of them are getting up there in age. So mm-hmm. we're making this like the retirement team. You know, we're throwing these guys up there and they're going to all coast hey, and maybe this, ask for hey, 
hey, they load management be. at the same time. Like, but that was the Brooklyn Nets at one point, though. You feel right, me? It was, right, it was, remember, right. it was just him, Paul Pierce, Kevin, Kevin Garnett, and a whole bunch of older ass motherfuckers. That was the right. Brooklyn Nets at one point. So right, I guess right. it, it makes sense. Like, they one switched team over. Has to be full of veterans and old motherfuckers that's just trying to get a ring at this point. Right, it's, right. I don't know. Like, at this point, Melo either joined the fucking Warriors or some shit. Cause his ass playing with LeBron ain't a hey, playing with your best friend don't work out all the time. I feel like right, and just, right. And this is like, and in fact, it, I feel like it worked out with D Wade is because Pat Riley was there. Pat yeah, yeah, Riley yeah. wasn't gonna let LeBron overstep. You feel me? And that's and, the and reason that, why the fuck. And that's why he really left Miami because Pat Riley wasn't yeah. gonna let you sit here and play GM, player, and coach. You feel me? Right. I was gonna say, speak to uh, the Lakers coach. Because clearly he got fired. Right. It's like it's always LeBron's fault. It's like it's always, it's like, first of all, how it's like you this man got y'all a ring with LeBron, didn't do it in a fucking uh, the next year and the the year after that. So y'all fire him. Like that shit just be sitting there, like it just makes no sense to me. Right. And so, and it's just like David Ham supposed to come in and, and bring these motherfuckers a ring. How? What what coaching is he gonna do differently with Russell and motherfucking AD them that that Frank Vogel can't fucking do? Right. And I'm not. That's I something... know everybody has different systems, but these are the yeah. same motherfuckers. You feel me? And Frank right. Vogel has more accolades on his under his mm-hmm. under his name than this David Ham. You feel me? Not more experience. That, I mean, not to say that David Ham's inexperienced, but he he's a player as well. But it's just like, well, as far as experience with the team. You know, Frank having that rapport, experience. yeah, having that rapport with the team. Um, and it's crazy. I, I, you know, sometimes being a coach in sports is cutthroat. Um, but me, I'll know, personally I'm, tell LeBron, go sit your ass on a fucking bench, shut the fuck up, not the coach. And if you want, if you want to get hey. in this fucking game, you better fucking listen. Like, point blank, right. period. I'm not, right. It's not, I'm like, yes, yes, you have to listen to your players. And yes, your players have IQs and can see things that you're not seeing. But at the end of the day, LeBron not finna coach my fucking team. Right. When 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 we losing and we down, I'm making the plays. You 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 executing them bitches. Point right. Period. It's got to be a give and take. Got to be. But I feel you like know, at the end of the day, yeah. when LeBron joins these teams, he's running these motherfuckers. Yeah, up. exactly. We already said so. He he the coach. He the general manager. He the front office. He's he a recruiter. He he's been he fined <laughs> a few times for that recruiting. He said he had tampering. <laughs> Tampering. <laughs> we say he out there going to find the next Bo Cruz. Facts. I was gonna mention. I forgot. You know, I can't. You know, forgot his name right now. But uh, the Bears coach, um, black coach. You know, he 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 had got he had taken us to the Super Bowl, and when we had, uh, or he he had taken lovey, us close lovey, lovey. to yeah yeah Lovey. lovey. So. Lovey Smith, I, uh, he yeah. had taken us, I think, to a conference finals and we had lost and then they had fired him there. And it was one of those things where he had, during his time in Chicago, he had built that team up to not only, I think, go, well, they went to the conference finals at one time and we I feel to, we like... Went to, we went to the uh, uh, we went to the actual, well, you know, we actually went to the... Um, Super Bowl, right? The Super Bowl with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's that's another thing I was I was trying to say. Yeah, so they didn't win and they go fire him. It's like, yo, this man is making progress with that team. If even if they didn't win, I mean, come on, bro. The last time I mean, was 85. 
I feel like and we got the same, there. I feel so, like it was the same situation with Mark Jackson as well. You right. know, when he was with the Warriors, he kind of built them up and saw he kind of he gave motherfuckers a glimpse of what Steve Kerr was able to perfect. You feel yeah, me? Yeah. And so that's the thing about it. It's just like you bring it's like you bring in these people to do the rebuild and do the hard work, and then you let somebody else perfect their hard work. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully you get a Steve Kerr where they do per, per, uh, perfect the work because a lot of times you're just going to get a new guy in there and they say, hey, you work with this new team and now you got to do a whole bunch of rebuilding as far as your personal relationships with the team and things like that. And then it's like the team is like, damn, we just had a coach for four years that we've been busting our ass with and now we're probably – you know, we super respect and are good friends with him because you've been probably through the ringer ups and downs. And now you got to get acclimated to a whole new coach who's probably just meeting you for the first time. Like, yeah. So I always I always see that stuff in sports. And I'm like, I don't I don't get it just because the one coach maybe didn't achieve that year. They did get close enough. And, and usually those coaches are the ones who've been rebuilding and, and, you know, fighting day and night to actually get the team better. And then they get canned. So. Yeah, it's tough. You know, that shit is tough. That's what I'm saying. Being a coach is definitely one of the hardest parts about it because at the end of the day, you got to have not only the players believe in your ass, you got to have the front office believe in your ass, you got to have a general manager believe in your ass, you got to have a mm-hmm. owner believe in your ass. And if none of the ass believe in your ass, you ain't going to have no job. <laughs> How they get fired on their day off? You feel me? Because I'm like, it, it, it's like coaching is very hard because I'm like, even with the aspect of it's just like, because it's like me personally, how does David Ham come in and 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 coach a motherfucker like Kyrie Irving? You feel me? Right. Like Kyrie seemed like to me personally, Kyrie would seem like the hardest player to coach to me. Look, just man. given the fact that it's just like you be having your own fucking moon swings and mindset. And you just that's something that we've. That's something that I feel like has been brought up with these talks of of Kyrie being a free agent right now. Yeah, you know, it would be cool to go to the Lakers and and reunite with LeBron and things like that. But will he? Because a lot of teams have to consider now what comes with bringing Kyrie to their team. Yeah. Especially how he did the Brooklyn Nets these last couple years. Exactly, exactly. So who who knows if if they're going to do something, they're going to switch something around um you know with with them and things like that so you know one day he's gonna just be like oh covid another day he's gonna be like i'm not playing until you pay me in bitcoin like what what's next Kyrie? like <laughs> you know don't even matter now so it's like right what can you it's like it's like there's gonna be something else with this man you already know it's like this we already know this is not gonna be the last he, he gonna get upset he gonna get upset in LA and, and like protest and say I'm not playing until you lower taxes or some or some bullshit. You gonna be in that bitch. We need a Rodney right. King day. Right, like all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Shit, bro. Um but but uh what what else we got, man, before before we close out? Um, oh hold on hold on hold on i need oh i got it i got it our our last topic i need your thoughts on this uh what if comic that has taken the internet by storm is it the way yeah the miles morales being thor so let me just read oh i haven't seen a thor when i seen him being captain american i saw people hating on that one 
Yeah. So apparently it's crazy because they got Miles Morales thinking in raps. He's he's talking in like uh, album titles. You know, he's he's jumping down, talking about all eyes on me. You know, it's like it's just like a extra black uh, characterization. It's like, yeah, we, we do like rap and we like Jordans and we like this and we like that. But like, relax. You know, it's like it's almost a minstrel at this point. <laughs> you know, it's making me uncomfortable. But um, this Ooh, is, this I, is I like, definitely been, I, I've definitely yeah. see that. Yeah. So this is the actual um, I'm just going to read what the uh, I guess the writer said. So he said, I've taken the last few days to step back and listen, and I acknowledge your criticism for my recent issue of what if Miles Morales was Thor. While I've lived a different experience through my own Jewish and Mexican background, I still know inauthentic inauthenticity hurts. And I'm sorry this failed on that front. I've appreciated hearing and learning from my black and Puerto Rican comics peers and hope to use this moment to help promote better authenticity. I'm also going to donate what Marvel paid me to the Brooklyn Book Bodega, which works to build literacy and get more books to kids in NYC. Um, that was Yehudi Mercado who wrote this comic. So, yeah. I don't know if you had read anything or seen I'm any actually of looking at the panels. pages right now, and yeah. I see what the fuck they're talking about. This is cringy. Right. I mean, it's 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 unnecessary. It's just like, because even, it's just like, right now, Black Panther has a series that's being written by Tanisha Coates and some amazing Black writers, and they don't oversaturate right. with unnecessary Blackness. Right. And so I just feel like, I don't know if, you know, he, it's like, he may have not been intentional with it, but it's just like, Sometimes I do feel like these these people that get these characters that are not of the same ethnicity, they tend to overdo the most with them. Right. And it's just like, that's why, I, that's why me personally, I feel like, you know, when Marvel put Tanishi Coates over the Black Panther series and the Black Panther run that they were doing um, in the late 2018s, um, it made sense, you know, put people of the same ethnicity or color in these to write these stories because they'll be able to actually give us something of substance and actual, you know, it comes from the heart. Yeah. As opposed to what we see right here is just a bunch of, hey, I, I know, yeah, I know these different things that I've seen in black culture that people kind of gravitate to. Let me kind of throw this all in one, in one sitting. And it's, yeah, not, so and it's, and it's not digestible. If you, if you look in the discord, the last few posts are are just uh, panels from the comic. So one of these panels says, hold up, I'm about to rock this fool. And then he punches the guy and says, with the power of a thousand slaves. That's crazy. <laughs> like, son. The, the dialogue. Yeah, no, I, I, and that's, that's really bad. And I'm like, and it's just like Marvel has no, it's like the editors should have known that that was really bad. Right. There was one, ain't no party like an Asgard party because an Asgard party don't quit. Light it up. <laughs> That's wow. crazy. Yeah, this is wild. So people are calling it racist as well because. There's also they also show like I'm, I I don't know what character this is but it's like a black girl and she she got some wings and she's flying and her 
dialogue. Hey, hot wings hot, coming in. Hot wings coming in hot. Like, hey, yo. <laughs> like, yeah, hey, man. She's supposed to be Valkyrie or who the fuck is she supposed right. to be? It just yeah, speaks no, to the importance of of black writers. Because this is like the thing is if if I'm like because I'm just so confused. Like I haven't even I haven't read the Marvel What If Morales Riley series, but it's just like mm-hmm. usually what they do in these What If series is they they kind of like hey What If Morales Riley was Thor and he was Asgardian. He's no longer black. You feel me? So why are we throwing in these black references and things like that? You feel me? He's right. Asgardian. So it's right. like that's and so that's the big. He wouldn't have yeah all that racial that, background. Yeah, that racial yeah. background and all that t- stuff to me because he's Asgardian. He's a mm-hmm. god. You feel me? He he stands outside of that. Do so they have hip hop on Asgard, right? Do they? Yeah, that's you know. Do they go through the crack have, era? Right. <laughs> like, like, and that's the like that's the stupidness that comes from these these type of things when the writers really don't, you know, take the project really kind of serious because I'm like at the end of the day. I can say that he probably took a day off on this on this. Issue. Yeah. And, and you know, you brought up a good point. It's a failure on the editor editor as well, um, just because yeah. someone had to read this. Someone didn't read that and then think like, yo, even if you didn't think it was racist, you didn't you didn't read a few lines and be like, yo, this is a little corny. Let's oh, this is clean this up. Like, you know, keep keep maybe you keep one joke per like five pages or something, and- but like. And you can say, and I would say, like, even with the jokes, it's just like you can do that because at the end of the day, Spider, like, he's still Spider Man, and Spider Man is always this witty character. Even with right. Thor, Thor, I've had moments where I'm reading Thor comics, and Thor is just like his banter is just funny as fuck. Like he's not right. doing anything crazy, or he's not saying anything too crazy, but it's just like it's Thor. But this is just like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's just like y'all taking this to a whole level that we don't even understand at this point like because it's like even even if thor was black he wouldn't say this type of shit right 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 it's just like why the fuck would y'all make 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 morales morales thor say this shit like it just makes no sense right <laughs> like but it, it's just like marvel you know they they can't they can't keep an eye on every fucking thing you know so it's just like yeah and right now, let's not act like all the focus and attention or, you know, the safeguarding is going to be in the movie division and in the TV division. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're so, they're making sure that they, because even right now with the Miss um, Marvel series, like, right now, they're, they're going crazy heavy with the Indian, Hindu, I mean, the Pakistani Hindu uh, culture and Muslim uh uh, references within the series mm-hmm. as well and it's all on point like the garments the garbs the text the way it looks they're not gonna like, they're not gonna mess that up they, because exactly. people they, can see they, it they let this slip through the cracks but right right they're like you know yeah. what maybe maybe people still read comics maybe they don't this one's <laughs> you know throw it out there but people definitely watch all our movies and tv so make they sure that we that have up. yeah we got insurance on that yeah How's Miss Marvel been though as a whole? Um, it's decent. I'm about to. I'm gonna probably check out episode three tonight with the Obi Wan series, and I'm gonna watch uh, Multiverse of Madness. But I'm really right now. I'm probably gonna uh, finish watching up Umbrella Academy three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you know they dropped right, season. They, yeah, they dropped season three. Um, so this season is actually based off of volume three 
and basically the volume that never came out. Right. So it's it's a mashup. So I'm not going to give any spoilers, but season three, this season is based off of um, Umbrella Academy Hotel Oblivion, which was a series uh, for volume three, which is what this se- this series, this season is following. But it's also following a volume volume four that never came out, which was the Sparrow Academy. So it's okay. a com- so it's, yeah. it's a combination of both of those. What would been what is season what is volume three and what would have been volume four combined together in this season? Right, right. And so it's it's dope because like I didn't even I didn't even peep that the lead uh the dude that created the series is actually the lead uh vocalist for my chemical chemical romance. And so I'm like, somebody pointed it out to me today, and I'm just sitting there like, that's not him. I'm like, and then I had to go look it up, and I'm like, that actually is buddy. That's in my chemical romance that created the series. Right. So it's like it's dope to see him actually doing something differently, but um, yeah, I didn't yeah, even know so all like, that. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's like it's dope as fuck, you know. See him actually do something, venturing with something differently, um, and so he's heavily involved in the TV show and everything as well. So um, I haven't finished season three, so I haven't had any thoughts yet. But it's just like you know, Umbrella Academy is very, you know, it's a different type of superhero vibe. You know, it's they it's the dysfunctional but it, it's dysfunctional but it kind of takes you into like hey this is it's not so serious but the world is right. ending type of serious you feel me? right right hey man so where, where can we find uh umbrella academy netflix knows right, one of right. their their run their front runners right now um until so keeping the lights TV, on until volume oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so what would you think of this trailer Volume two, man. Hey, final. Hey, it, it's it, it's making my theory. It's making yeah. my theory seem right. a little bit more realistic because I say in my theory that this is not going to be a season that ends well. Right, right. And and I'm like, and, and I Netflix already do. Netflix already tweeting things like you know someone doesn't make it. I don't know if they're referencing Stranger Things or another series, but they're being cryptic with their tweets. Yeah, so I'm in my in my opinion, I'm I'm like one of the kids are gonna die in uh-huh. in this season. I'm I don't have I don't have a, a definite guess on who I think it is, but right. I remember I remember everybody saying it's gonna be Steve. Everybody saying it's not gonna be Steve because Sean Levy here came out was like if they kill out Steve, I'll quit the show. Uh-huh. And so my thing is Steve doesn't die until season five, but. Right. We've always been teased that Steve and that Steve dying every season. So I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if Steve actually dies this season and makes that right. and, and it gives the children. Cause think about it, he's been the protector of the children pretty much the entire series. So right. if Steve dies, that gives them this, you know, kind of growing up to do, mm-hmm. which will make season five a more mature Stranger Things than we've actually seen. Right. You feel me? So I'm like, because I'm like, it's it's crazy because like Robin does tell him like, I don't, what if we don't make it out this time? You feel me? And I'm like, we saw that in the trailer and I'm just like, don't tell that to Steve. Right, right, like, right. Like, tell that to fucking Jonathan. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. but like, hey, July 1st is going to be busted. Right. Right. The whole, the internet going to be only on Stranger Things and we got these, like I said, we got two movie link episodes to go through look man like i know with this last half of the season 
Um, it was hard being on the internet because I was finishing up another series or something. And the way I'm like, you know, let me finish this one before I start a new one. So like <laughs> my, my brother and sister was, was blasting. I could hear the stranger things from my room. Like they blast. <laughs> the, the, I'm like, all right, yo. like they just binged it all in one day. And then when I started looking at it, you know, I tried to break them up like two episodes a day, two episodes a day, yeah. just because I feel like, I don't know, binging to me, I don't really retain all the information. It'd be ending yeah. and I'd be like, yeah, I got to go back. I got to go back. And then it's like, man, bro, it's a million people in the in the cod. Like, did you see it yet? Did you see it yet? I'm like, <laughs> damn, gee. Like the spoiler channel, I got to so I got to go away from. It's like it's crazy. It became the, the Kate Bush. The Kate Bush song blowing up, and then I'm like, "Well, why is this blowing up?" Oh, well, another spoiler. Thing. Thing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. right. Spoiler Shout out Max. I'm like, damn. Like, so yeah. When when this July first come out, I gotta be on it. I gotta be able to sit down and at least watch half the season in one day and half the next I mean, day. Like. I'm what I was saying. I'm like, because I think the first, the it's like it's gonna be two episodes, and both episodes are probably like. Movie, I think like an hour, 30 minutes or even, and I think the last episode might be touching almost there to two hours. You feel me? Right. So it's like, what I'm planning to do is I'm going to watch that first episode, mm-hmm. you know, fresh early on, digest that, and then probably maybe a later or the next day, watch the second episode. You right. Because right. I'm just like, I want to keep, I'm like, I know people are going to spoil it, but it's just like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it. It's just like me personally, like I watched the first volume so fast that I was just like, damn, now I got to sit here and wait till July. And then I'm just right, like, like, what else I got? Yeah. You feel me? And then it's like, once we finish this, these last two episodes, it's just going to be like, damn, when the fuck does season five come out? <laughs> right, right. Because we still do have a season five, correct? Yeah, we do have, we, that'll be the last season Um, is from what the Duffers told us. But it's just like, we don't know when that will actually occur, but we know that they have to do it soon due to the fact that children are aging up so fast. They age quick, up yeah. so fast. Everybody's pretty much 18 now. So right. we know that they have to do it soon. Time but jump. Like, or, yeah. We don't know if they're gonna do a time jump or what they're gonna what they what we what what's actually gonna occur because we have to right. see what happens at the end of the season. Actually. You know what? I I forgot what movie this is. I wish I I wish I had the name, but there was like a a, re, a horror movie that was recently. Was it was it a horror movie? I'll I keep going. So there's a horror movie where a bunch of like friends had met up that haven't spoken a long time, like spoke since high school or some shit or maybe college, but they had met up and I don't know if they'd be seeing things or whatnot, but they were like all in a restaurant basically seeing shit. Oh, was it it? Was it it? Nah, nah. It was, it was something where they had to confront the, each had to confront their like individual fears to like get mm-hmm. over something or something. Because I'm like, like that. that do sound like it though. Because I'm like, it, it, it part two, they come back as adults and they sit down. Right. And, it, it might. It might be. It might be. It might be. It might be. I haven't seen. I haven't seen. The crazy thing is, I haven't seen the new remake of it. And it's okay, on. Okay. And it's on right. Netflix right now. Actually, if I think about it, I think um, it is. I think it is it. Because what I was gonna say is, I wonder if, if they do a time jump. Well. They can't do a crazy time jump because I just said they were adults. It's not like they're going to yeah. be 25, 26. But I wonder if out of high school or something. Yeah, like I wonder that. if something something would be similar where it's like you you do a time jump and Hawkins hasn't been affected by the upside down 
in like two or three years or something. Mm. And, and then like, you know, these kids meet up and they're talking about, you know, what they've been on. Maybe they went to college or maybe they went to different colleges and they met up for the summer. And maybe there's like a, a little inkling of something left or, or, yeah. or maybe maybe someone's still affected. Like, uh, yeah, you know, I, like, I wonder yeah, how it's going to go. Right. Yeah, because I'm like, even we get back to the part, even what they show in the part with the trailer for um volume two, it still seems like Will is somehow still affected in all of this. You're right. Because right. he's like, he tells them, he like, he tells, I think, I don't know if he's talking to Mike or Jonathan, but he tells them like, he wants everybody. And I'm just like, why are you telling, like, how do you know it's a he? Like, Will, what the fuck is going on again, bro? They got you again, bro. You stuck, bro. We got to go beat this nigga up. Like, but I'm like, I'm just excited to see exactly how they end this, um, this next season. Like I say, Stranger Things has been, you know, one of my favorite TV shows um, to come out in a long time. Um, honestly, like it has to be, I would say it's in my top five, honestly, right now, just in regards to just how they executed the plot lines and everything in the story. Yeah, they like, did, they did really they, well. That, re- that did say, reveal, even though right. it's just like, oh. I'd say so far, Stranger Things has been real consistent. Um the only misstep I've ever seen them make so far has been those episodes with Eleven meeting her, her sister. other siblings or her sister. And they were in that like kind of like superhero mode. Like it was almost like it was almost just a different tone for the show. It almost felt like it didn't fit. But yeah, outside no, that, of that, yeah, outside of that, everything else has hit. Everything yeah. has been real well thought out. All the references to the 80 references and 90s movies. Moves, yeah. And I'm going to say it right now. I think Stranger Things has beat Ozark if we're going to rank Netflix shows. Because mm. that last they season of Ozark. Yeah. Right. Like that the last, last season, season of Ozark, they let it go. They they dropped the ball. Heavily. Or at least the, the uh, final few episodes. Yeah, they dropped the ball. Yeah. I was disappointed with the ending. I was like, ain't no way. Ain't no way this family gets away scot-free. Ain't no way. Like, sorry if, if you haven't yeah, seen At one it point, yet, they but... made it seem like Marty was going to take over the cartoon. Like, ain't no way they've been let a white Right, man. this is crazy. Wait, I was like, this man. is crazy. It doesn't they make sense. They not let no white man come in here and boss them around. Take the, right. Right. A little, uh, a little accountant. A little accountant. All right. Okay. No one in this family died, not the son who's been popping off, going reckless as fuck. Like, I mean, I guess uh, they can only say the only person that technically died in that family was that old nigga from season one and two. Right. What was his name? I forgot his name. That nigga was so fucking old long ago. And then the, uh, well, uh, the mom's brother. Yeah, Ben. She, yeah, he did. She served yeah, he, him up. Gee, that was crazy. <laughs> She lined him up. <laughs> Gee, she served that man up on a platter and then was Crazy. selling the greatest sob story of man. Crying. Oh, damn. I was like, this crazy. shit crazy. For, for real. Big facts. Big facts. But yeah, man, Um, I'd say I'd say Stranger Things so far has stayed the most consistent Um, out of all these shows. So you got to see what Squid Game season two brings us. Yes, sir. Squid Game season two and the real. You'll be able to. You'll be able to town, uh, crown a king of Netflix. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, tap in with us next week. Um, if you haven't, check out the new COD TV episode five for archival purposes only. Um, 
you know, it's it's just a lot of clips from the past few months. Usually with all the COD TVs, I like to focus on like one event. Um, but we had been moving so fast that I was barely able to get, you know, the footage that I wanted to dedicate each episode. Uh, so I was, you know, a little creative with with throwing a few of those moments together and making that like a cohesive story. Um, but up next for these COD TVs, I expect to see some footage from something in the water. I expect to see some footage from NFT NYC. Um, what song are we playing at the end of this podcast? You want to go yeah. out with one of the new Drake joints? One of them, one of them Drakes. Yeah. What, what, what are we playing? The text go green. Hey, text the, go the, green. Uh, you want to throw that one on? All right. All right. Hey. Fact though. Good vibes. Good vibes all summer at the Kai. Hey. Stay safe out there. We know it's we know it's heating up, but hopefully some of this music can get us in a better headspace. Let's do it. Yes, sir. It's the Kai.
could do it this 